thank you all for being here today. This is uh, quite a privilege and it's a joy to be here. I am so just grateful to see how the Lord already brings the message out in the people that begin the service. We didn't compare notes when we were preparing and I just, there's messages of trust. Uh, in fact, there's one, one of the phrases I'm gonna be saying is, Lord, I trust you. And, you know, Vinny, you mentioned that. Josiah said, hey, this, it's all about trust. And so I'm just grateful that, okay, I get to be a part of it, but I get to be a part of something much bigger than just me, just them, and even just you. It's, it's the kingdom at work and the Lord at work speaking to each one of our hearts. So recognize that. Don't miss it. It's really amazing. And... Uh, God has something special for you today. He's been working you up to this moment. There's something he wants to speak to you. I feel it. It's in here. It's, it, it, I, I feel this rumble, this, uh, this fire, and it's, it's for you. Something that he wants to encourage you with. Um, I love the way Danny has been starting the, the services. You know, you don't want to hear some good news? He's, you know, and he says some good news. Uh, I just, I want to ask, do you want to hear something funny? <laughs> I love starting with something funny. So these are bulletin bloopers. All right, so I guess these uh, appeared in bulletins uh, at some point. First one, please sign up for the fasting and prayer conference. Meals are provided. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. <laughs> For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. We need all the help we can get. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. <laughs> My kids would love that one. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> Who puts these things in the bulletin? Please place your donation in the envelope along with the deceased person you want remembered. Forgot the word name. Uh, <clears throat> Potluck supper Sunday at 5 p.m. Prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> Low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. <laughs> and this one's even worse. Weight watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the double doors at the side entrance. <laughs> I don't care who you are, that's funny. Sometimes it's just good to laugh. The Lord laughs. <clears throat> he loves to laugh. So today I want to talk to you about seeds. And these are seeds for life. I asked the Lord what, what title he wants to give this. And he said, call it seeds for life. And I started meditating on that. And I thought, man, that, that could go all kinds of directions. But he has come to give us life. That's his whole purpose. That's who he is. 
And so he gives us, yes, seeds, and they are designed to bring us life. They have life in themselves. He gives us seeds for the rest of our life. It is seeds for life. You come up with the, the, the thing that the message that he has for you. Listen to what he's telling you. We, it, it's our choice what we do with them. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So he said, I put before you death and life, choose life. So these things we have, we have a choice, no matter what they are, what we will do with them. Now, I'd like to start out by reading, um, actually, before I, before I read anything else, uh, I, I wanna talk to you about um, the thing that God put on my heart, and it's, it's a slide that I have uh, there's just a single candle and we'll get to reading the verses after this but I want you to be able to picture where you are in life and the fire that God has given you and sometimes we feel like we're just this lone candle now obviously when we have a church family like this we get to interact with other candles and we get to interact with other fires other flames and we get to see what God is doing in other people's lives. But there are plenty of times when we feel alone in our desire to serve the Lord. The reason I put this up here is because this is one of the things that uh, the Lord has put on my heart that it, it's one of the things that bothers me. That when, when I see people that have, there, there's something God is doing, it's exciting. I look at them, or I have a conversation with them, and, and I, I hear them, you know, Josh and Natalie, you, you guys have, you're, you're, you're lit on fire already, but you're going to connect with other people that are also lit on fire. There's something that God wants to do with that. The fire is not just for one single purpose. It's not just to light you. It's to bring light to those around you. Uh, the... The verse that the Lord gave me, just don't put this up yet because it changes the background and I don't want it to do that because I want it to stay as just a black background. But I'm going to read this verse and we'll go on to the, the rest of these later. But Isaiah 58, 12 says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This verse is amazing to me. It's a verse that, the God, that God gave to me. I was actually just spending time with the Lord and he said, I have given you a name and you'll find it in Isaiah 58, 12. I didn't even know what it said. And I said, okay, I'm gonna go look it up. Looked it up and that's where I read, you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. And he said, this is your name. I am calling you Restorer of Broken Hope. So that's my name in the spirit. That's, that's the name that the Lord calls me. He also calls me Doran. But there's a purpose in the name. There's something he has called me to do. He has called me to restore. He's called me to lift up hope, to restore hope. People that have had hope and have felt like it's broken. To, to come to them and, and to help restore that hope. I love restoring things. I thought about putting up some pictures. 
I had a 69 Charger and restored it. And it was awesome. <laughs> and I mean, it was a full restoration. So if anybody, any of you know anything about cars, uh, it was like, okay, it was a 446 pack, numbers matching, you know, everything. In fact, we're, we're living in it kind of because we, we used it to build a house when I sold it. So you can get, you can figure that out. Uh, it was, it was like, I, I saw this, this old car, just my brother-in-law and I were driving along. We just saw it sticking out from underneath the tarp that had kind of blown off of the front and like, that's a, whew, what's that? So we stopped and, lo and looked at it and, and kind of pulled the cover up. There's nobody around. And I left a message, left a little note with my phone number under the windshield wiper. And the guy called me back. And he said, yeah, I'll sell it to you. And so I took this car that, I mean, it was just primer and I mean, there, everything was needing restored. I loved it. That, that experience of taking something that I could see the finished product and I could restore that. Why? Because God's put that into me to take what, what currently is visible and go, yeah, whatever about that. Let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you what's possible with this. I mean, that thing had a valve body shift kit and a transmission, automatic. You kick it down at 70 miles an hour and you kick sideways. So, I mean, it was, a, it, it, it was a muscle car. So I could see that. I could understand that and, and realize it before, before I, I ever even started it. I worked on that thing for a couple years before I ever even turned the key. I'm not going to turn the key, I'm going to restore the whole engine. Had, it, had somebody tear it all apart, put it all back together before I ever turned the key. Because I could see it. Okay, so that's something that God has given to me. He said, I, I call you to be the restorer. You look at the people and I want you to see what I see. And I want you to bring that out, restore that. Because something, something has has compromised that. Something has come in the way. Something is blocking it. It could be fear, but we're no longer slaves to fear. That's why that song's amazing. We're no longer slaves to fear. Many times, and probably most of the time, the thing that blocks the dream that's in us has been fear. See, God has given every one of you a dream. My calling is to awaken the dream. To awaken the dream, every one of you has a dream, has something, something that bothers you. Something that you go, oh, somebody should do something about that. It's probably you. If it bothers you, it's probably something that God has given you to do something about. So my calling is to find out what that is. Awaken that. Kindle it. Bring it to life. Restore it. See, I'm a... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a professional life coach. So I do life coaching. I meet with individuals. I encounter their stories. I listen. My role in that case is to simply be a mirror. I, I basically just, when I meet with someone, I just hold up a mirror. It's not an actual mirror. I take notes and we talk. But, but I, I repeat back what they said. And I said, this is what you've been telling me. And they go, really? Did I really say that? And then they have a choice to make. Are you going to do something with it? 
or are you going to leave it, are you going to stuff it down again? And so when people see their face in a mirror, it could be correcting something wrong. If, if Justin would have a grease smudge on his face, and I'd hold a mirror up, I don't have to go wipe that off his face. I just hold the mirror up, and he goes, oh, hold that still. And he cleans off his own face. Because it, he, he wants that to be the case. Most of the time, we can't see ourselves, or we get lost in the fear, and we don't actually see the dream anymore. The fear becomes more real than the dream. So, again, what bothers you? Is it abortions? All of the abortions happening. Does that bother anyone? I did a, a quick search just on world stats. And it's astounding. Astounding. 125,000 babies killed every day in the world. So you, you, you have people all up in arms about you know, whatever, uh, uh, one person that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that one person doesn't matter, they do, but come on, that bothers me, I'm not exactly sure what the Lord has for me yet with that, but it bothers me, does it bother you? What about world hunger? There's people that say, we need to feed people, people are dying, literally dying, because they just can't get enough to eat, does it bother you? What about trafficking? Human trafficking. People that are stolen, kidnapped, taken from their families, kids, sold into slavery, sold into the sex slave trade, kept in chains, kept drugged so they can't even get away. Does that bother you? There's people that have, they, they, they recognize that there's lost people going to hell every day. Danny would be one of those, okay? Does it bother Danny that there's lost people and they're, they're going to hell? We, we've got to save them. We've got to save them. That's why Danny's, he's saying, come on, let's do something about this because it bothers him. Now I want to go to uh, the, the verses in Isaiah, and you can turn there if you want to, I'm gonna have it up here. Uh, you know what? Before I do that, let's do this, the, the single candle again, okay? And then when we join together, I want you to watch the flame here. Look at this. When two candles go together, this is why we join together. The flame is not just twice as big. It's three, maybe four times as, as powerful as just one. When you have multiple candles that are not connected, they simply offer whatever they can, they can produce. When they get together, the flame joins and is multiplied. So what, this is a dream that God has given to me. We'll come, I'll, I'll come back to referring to this, but I want you just to, to see this for what it is. All right, and then the next slide. Let's look at that. Uh, this is a dream. So the Lord has given me dreams, and initially they were like this first little seed right here. And yet, I could see 
what they were supposed to become. And it was too big. I couldn't handle it. I said, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not going to deny it. I tell you what, I'll just take this seed that you've given me and I, and I threw it off into the future. And I just put time to it. And I said, maybe in 20 years, maybe, maybe that will become something, you know. I, sure, I trust you, Father. I trust you. Yeah. And he... <laughs> He rebuked me. He's very amazing and gentle and direct in how he rebukes. And he said, I cannot grow the seed in the future. I grow it in the present. And I want you to go get it. And I want you to go get all of them. And he reminded me of all the seeds that he'd given me over the years that I had thrown into the future because they were too big. And so I took some time, and I'm telling you, it took hours, hours that I sat with the Lord, and I said, all right, tell me the next one. And he would say, remember, I gave you this dream of, and sometimes it was a, a literal dream that I had during the night where I would wake up and I'd, and I'd write this dream down. Sometimes it was, it was just a, a thought that came to me and I went wow that's amazing or sometimes it was something someone said to me but he gave me these these seeds and I sat with him and I went and I, I, I just said I'm gonna take as long as it takes and I said okay alright that's the seed of this I, and I spoke this out I wasn't just doing this in my head I was speaking it out I said I go into the future where I threw that seed and I pick it up and I come back and I sit back on the couch. I'm telling you, I said all of this out loud, okay? And I said, I take the seed and I plant it in my heart. Lord, I plant this seed of whatever it was in my heart. And I close the soil of my heart over that and I ask you to grow it. And then I would sit there and I would say, okay, what's another one? And he'd tell me another one. And I would go and I would get it. And I would say, I go into the future where I threw that seed. And I, would, and I kept doing that until I said, what's another one? And he said, that's all of them so far. And I felt this pain in my chest. I'm not kidding you. It was, and I wasn't, I wasn't forcing pain. I was sitting there and I, I said, Lord, I feel like my heart's going to split. I can't hold this. I can't take this. And he laughed. I heard him laugh. And he said, yeah, that's like an oak, an acorn seed thinking it's going to split the earth. You're bigger inside than you are out. Keep planting. I said, okay. I'll keep planting these seeds and I trust you that it's not going to kill me. So some of those seeds, if you, if you look at what happens, the moment I planted them, something started to take place. And this second one where there's a little shoot that comes through, from that moment on, you can never go back. 
You can never take this or this plant and shove it back down into the seed. In fact, look at the hull on the fourth one. The hull is coming out of the ground. You will never shove that plant back down into that seed. The seed is dead and the plant is alive. You have two choices at this point. You either kill it or grow it. Two choices. You cannot ignore it. It will grow. It will grow. The reason is soil is designed to grow seeds. It doesn't matter what kind of a seed. You put a weed in the soil and the soil is going to grow it. In fact, you put a steel post in the soil. The soil is going to try to grow it. That's why it'll rust. You put a fence post in there, it's going to rot it off trying to grow that thing. Because the soil is made to grow things. The soil of your heart is made to grow things. And it will grow. You plant anything negative in there, I promise you it will grow. Be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Good or bad. God gives us seeds for life, not for death. He gives us seeds for life. He wants to bring life to you, through you, to others. He gives us the way to do it. He has given you the soil of your heart. So you have a choice. The moment it then cracks the surface, it's now visible. What do you do with it? Cultivate around it. If there's weeds that are trying to choke it, like fear or even just other responsibilities. It's not all bad stuff. Sometimes it's just, you have to make room for it. You have to say, well, in my life up to this point, I've been doing these things, and I'm in this process right now with Wangard Ministries. I have to make choices, because it's growing. What am I gonna do with it? Kill it? No. No, I'm gonna pull other, other things out of my life, and I'm gonna remove them so that it can grow. There's, there's dreams of connecting people in the kingdom. God has put it on my heart to take a fire from here and, and get them there. We're in the process of, of creating something new and connecting people. But it takes time. It, takes, it requires me to look at Honestly, look at my heart, look at my abilities and say, what's trying to choke that out? Because you know, in the parable of the seeds, only 25% of those seeds grew and, and, and thrived. They were all good seeds. It was the word. They were all good seeds. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell on the wayside that was hard packed. The birds came. So the deceivers came and took those. The naysayers came and took those seeds. But what happens when the seed falls on good soil? It produces, it grows, it grows. We, we have things, and when I'm saying this, I, I know that you're thinking of something. There's something in there, and I don't, I don't give a hoot how old you are or how young you are. That's a lie. It's a deception. It is not to be a distraction or a detraction. 
If you have not grown the, the vision and the seed that's in your heart, start today. Don't let other people tell you you can't do it. Those are trying to choke it out. Those are trying to steal it. God has no question about the seed he's given to you. He gave it to you because you're designed for it. He gave it to you because you have the soil that can produce it. And once it has begun to grow, move other stuff out of the way and grow it. Grow it. Do not be afraid. Jesus kept challenging his disciples all the time with this in different, different parables, different ways. But I'm telling you, this is the message for every person, every person, whether actually, whether you've been saved yet or not, God has a calling for you. He has, he has a vision for you. He has something that he wants to see you restored and thrive. He wants to restore you. Sure, it begins with giving your heart to the Lord and becoming born again and made new and filled with the Spirit and living in connection with Him. Yes, but that's only the beginning. It's, it's time to grow. It's time to, it's time to apply your faith to that. See it grow in your heart. So when I was thinking about the things that bother me, and, and wanting to ask what bothers you, I'm sure we could come up with all sorts of things, but I want to read to you what bothers God. Okay? So let's look at Isaiah 58, verse 6. We're going to read through verse 11. This is what bothers God. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy, satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Who wants to be like a watered garden? That's the picture of the seeds. That's a watered garden. That's something that's cultivated and growing and thriving. That's what he wants for us. When we are not like a watered garden, it bothers him. And he sees all these things that come in the way. These things that we could and should be bothered by. When he says, don't you see the people around you? Don't you see what I see? Don't you see what bothers me? I didn't want to go all the way to the beginning of that 
chapter, we, you can read it later, but he basically is talking about the religious people. He's saying, yeah, you fast, you put on sackcloth, and you do all these things, and you say, why have we fasted, and you haven't seen it? Why don't you value what we do? And he says, I don't care. What you, you're t it's just religious mumbo-jumbo. This is my little translation here. He's like, forget all that stuff. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To do these things, to let them bother you, work in the middle of it, and say, I want to do something with this. See, we only look at it with our own power. We go, well, what can I do? Who am I? Who am I? Who are you? And I'll tell you, Reinhard Bonnke said, and I heard him say this personally, he said, I'm nothing, I'm nothing but a zero. But when I stand next to one, that makes me ten. <laughs> Perfect. You are nothing but a zero, with the rim knocked off, as Andrew says, but you are 10 with him. See, we go, well, but, you know, I don't know what I, what I could do about it, and, and I'm only human. I'm only, that's a lie. It's another lie. You're not. You're supernatural. You can't do it without him, but you'll never be without him. He promised to never leave you or forsake you. You're always with him. He's always with you. Look at your situation as seated with him. You are at a place of authority with him. And you are able to affect situations because of your authority. You can't do it on your own. But you do it with him. And you ask him what the next step is. Okay? That's always the key. Don't try to figure it all out. Don't try to get all the way to the end. Just let it grow one little thing at a time. Let it grow. Cultivate it. Dig around and go, what's next? Water it with the word. Pour water on it. Read the word. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and understanding. Don't run away from it because it's getting too big. It's going to grow. And it should because you are designed for it. That seed is designed for you. That's why it's in your heart. When we look at the each of these things that God is saying that bothers him okay when you do these things all these things will happen then he says your healing shall spring forth speedily and I looked at that and I realized you know there's so many times we look there's physical issues that, that happen in our bodies. And we say, why is that? Why is that the case? Oh, God, please, pr please bring healing. Or we go, I claim my healing. And I, you know, I believe in healing. Sure, those are true. But that's not the extent of it. See, when you have compromised something in your heart that God has given you, when you have allowed fear to choke something out, to choke out a dream, You've also choked off his provision for you. you. You've choked off the ability for God's power to come through because you've surrounded yourself in fear. See, fear will block the love of God. Fear will block the provision of God. We have a conference coming up with the Teredes ministry, with, with, with Ashley and Carly, and I'm so excited about that because having been in Colorado and experiencing both of them, of course, uh, but 
also just to look at the fact that they bring something that that feels different because they're they're from they're from England first of all so they they've got these accents like that and you've got them here you know talking like that and stuff and it's like oh hey hey wait 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 don't talk so fast I want to hear what you're saying Carly is she's a fireball and Ashley um, which you know we would uh, look at that and go is that a man's name or a woman's name and I go well okay this is England they in the time when he was uh, you know a baby that was a man's name so Ashley is he used to run all of the events at Karis Bible College and so he would he'd be up there talking all the time and and I just love listening to him talk he's engaging and then I got to hear Carly lead and teach and instruct in the healing school and I mean just just at the uh, a year ago was it a year ago at the healing is here conference she raised a little baby from the dead because it was supposed to live and it's like we're not taking no for an answer no we're gonna make this happen because we're not by ourselves we have the power of God in us it's not just me it's the fire that God's put in me the desire that he's given me and all of his power at work because I'm not blocking it with fear that's all that's how they work that's how we should work I want to see I want to see that modeling of that operating in 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 the power of the Lord coming through to us where we go well if they can do it we can do it of course because they would tell you the same thing we're nobody special He's the one special. The Lord is, and we operate in his power. When they first got to Karis Bible College, they actually went to uh, an event where Andrew was speaking, and their daughter was deathly ill, and they had tried everything that they could. I'm sure they'll probably tell their story, so I'll, I'll just tell the basics here. They went to an event as a last effort. No idea. Our daughter, basically they said, if she's not healed here, she'll die. She was wasting away. I mean, her hair was falling out. She wasn't receiving any nutrition. She was just this tiny little thing, and she wouldn't, she, they couldn't, could not get her to, to take anything and receive um, food. And she was miraculously healed just like that. There's this video of Ashley actually running around the sanctuary with, with uh, Hannah on his shoulders and just weeping and praising the Lord because she'd been healed just like that. And they went and, they, and she ate a big, they ate, she ate a bunch of food and she just blossomed in no time. She was doing well. So they have their own story where they, they reach the end of their own ability to do it. And they don't come to a situation just by um, book learning. They come by experience and they ha they've had their own hard experiences that they've learned from but so have we so have you there's things that would tend to distract you or detract you or pull you away or get you to look at those rather than the power of God rather than the vision and the dream that he's given to you but when you can look away from them you have the experience of saying no I'm not gonna do that I've already done that I've already I've done that. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I'm not doing that one again. I'm doing this. So this is a challenge. The challenge is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? 
This is why, I mean, I'm, this is the end of, of the message. This is what I'm going to end with. And it began with that. Do you trust him? Do you trust that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think? Do you trust him? Or is that just a verse? Is that just something you've heard sometime and, eh, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, but you don't know my situation. You don't know what I've... You apparently don't know what's in here then. You might have heard it, but do you know it in here? Do you know it deeply, so deeply that you can look at the fear and you go, yeah, well, I have an answer for that. It's right here. This is my answer. Even when there's, there's, uh, if we hear someone speak, you know, you could hear me speak and you could be critiquing what I'm saying. You could be saying, yeah, well, eh, what about this? What about that? And, and allowing a critical spirit. Why? How does that serve you? How does that serve the Lord? How does that serve the dream? It's a lie. It's a lie. Of course I'm not going to do everything perfect. Of course I don't agree with everything I've said. Because I'm learning. I change from, from moment to moment. And I go, wait a minute. That's, there's a better way to say that. So why would I expect that you hear everything perfectly and, and, and understand everything perfectly? Of course not. But hear what God is telling you. Don't let... Don't let a critical spirit come in and, and steal away what God is trying to do in your heart. There's even a verse, now that I'm say, uh, saying this, it says, if you take away uh, the pointing of the finger, where's that at? Um, we just, we read it uh, in verse 9. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. <laughs> it's interesting that he used the pointing of the finger. That doesn't make me feel good when I'm pointing at people. Probably doesn't make you feel good either. It feels weird. Like you feel, you feel like singled out. Take it away from your midst and speaking wickedness. Get rid of it. What does it serve? It serves the devil. It does not serve God. I promise you. Not one time. God never will lead by slander. He will never lead you into something by telling you what something is bad about all the other people. He'll just lead you by love. He will never lead you by fear. I promise. Not one time will you go, oh no, I should do this. And that it's God. Because mm -mm. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. I got verses like crazy that say God will not lead you by fear. He's a good shepherd. He leads you through the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. For he's with you. And his rod and his staff, they comfort you. That sounds like a good place to be for a little sheep. Right by the shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He loves you. He's pulling for you. He's carrying you. He's leading you. He's, he's guiding you. He's bringing you into good things, amazing things. Who doesn't want to go into, uh, a, as a sheep, a pasture of green grass beside still waters? Man, I kind of want to be a sheep right now. He's a good shepherd. You may feel like you're going into this valley of the shadow of death and go, oh, no, I... This, I'm going to die here. Not with him. 
See, that's where it comes to the crux. Do you trust him? Do you actually trust him? Do you trust him enough to quit your job? Do you trust him enough to start something new? Do you trust him enough to go connect with a person that you feel inadequate for? Do you trust him? Do you trust him to do the next step? See, he doesn't lead a sheep by just throwing them to the end of the, of the journey. He leads them step by step. And the sheep can't see anything. They just follow him and they hear his voice. See, you know his voice deep inside. You cannot get away from it. He said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. This is what is exciting to me. I'll, I'll go and I'll preach a message and I'll, I'll lead people to the Lord. I'll go do street ministry and, and prison ministry and those things. That's exciting to me too. But I don't get any more fired up than when I'm talking to people who are, who are believers already and, and, and you've got a fire already. You've got something that started. I want to kindle that thing. I want to restore it. I want to bring it to life. I want, I want to pull it out of you. I want to awaken the greatness in you. I want to bring the dream, make it alive. If the dream isn't alive, what good is it? If it's not growing, if you're not cultivating around it, you're stuffing it down. See, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In Matthew 5, he was talking to, the, to people that he already knew that they believed in him. So when we look at verse 14, I'm just going to quickly read that because we need to hear it. 14, 15, 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, it's your good works that glorify your Father. You don't just go, well, God, just do something. He says, I'm trying. Would you lift your arm, please, and let's go. He says, let's go. He says, tell them this. And you say, well, oh, I can't say that. And God says, well, I can't either if you don't open your mouth. It's up to you. You are the hands and feet. You are the mouthpiece of God. He doesn't work outside of us. He works through us. He uses the dreams that he's put inside of us so that we can then become a tree that brings shade to those around. He, we are to be a, a wonderful oasis of hope to people around us. Why are people not running to the church? Because it hasn't been growing. People haven't allowed it to grow. People haven't allowed their own tree to grow. We should be like a well-watered garden. Everyone in the world should be coming to us, should be coming to sons of God to children of God and saying, would you pray for me? Would you, would, would you help me? And we, when we have grown this tree of faith, this tree that becomes a wonderful oasis, we have something to offer. We actually have fruit. See, this is not just about growing a seed and just something that kind of grows up there. It grows up into a tree that produces fruit that's hanging low and the people of the world come and go, oh, what is this? And they come back to the tree and they say, how did this grow? And God 
is glorified. People are drawn back to him, back to him, and they are able to begin to grow their own. So, let your light shine. Kindle the dream. Trust the shepherd. He's leading you. Ephesians 1, verses 18 and 19 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. The eyes of your heart, okay? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. This is what I, I pray this for my children every single day that the eyes of their heart be enlightened, that they would know what is the hope of their calling. This is what God prays or blesses you with. He wants the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. His, his love is pressing toward you so that the eyes of your heart can be enlightened. So today, this is my challenge. And I want to invite you uh, to make, make some steps today. If there's a seed, if there's seeds, if there's a dream that you know about, I want to challenge you to plant it. Go into the future where you threw it. Go into the, the, the bin where you stuffed it and plant it. Don't be afraid. Plant it. If there's a dream that's already been planted and you've been covering it or you've been trying to, to work around it and, and not really wanting it to grow, Make a commitment today. Cultivate it. Pull out the things that are blocking it. Allow the Lord to work in your heart. If we could have um, just, if you mind playing something, I, I just feel like uh, the way to end this service is to ask the Good Shepherd for the next step. So if there's something that is on your heart right now and you say, I, I, I've, I don't know what to do with this. There are some people here that would love to pray with you. There's some people that have, have been, been given a gift of just a prophetic voice just to be able to listen to the Lord and if the Lord gives them a word, to be able to share that with you. Sometimes we need that where we join together and we say, Lord, what are you saying? And he says, listen to them. They have my voice. Okay? So if there's something that you go, what's the next step? I want you to come up front. In fact, we can all, everybody, let's just stand. And uh, I'm actually not going to just spend a lot of time with this. Uh, I'm going to pray. And I'd like to just invite you. This is a time, this is really a personal time between you and the Lord. It's not, it's not a time of uh, trying to accomplish something with, with someone else unless you, you say, you know what, I want to I hear what the Lord is, having, is saying to me. The Lord is speaking to you. See, when we started, I said, the Lord has a message for you. I can feel it. If there's one fire that becomes kindled, it was, it was an amazing day. If there's one seed that got planted, it'll change the world. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. Don't feel like you have to do a whole lot. Just ask him. He's good. Trust him.
give yourself to him. Open the soil of your heart to him. Present yourself to him and say, Lord, what is the seed? And he will show you. He will show you. If you're planting a seed and you want to come up front as a way of uh, making something solid in your heart that you can remember, come up front. If you want to do it where you're at, that's okay too. But spend some time with the Lord. Listen to his voice. Let's pray. Father, we honor you right now. We thank you for your amazing grace. Amazing grace. We thank you for your love. Thank you that you are a good shepherd. You love us so deeply and so tenderly. That you give us seeds for life. That you want to produce life in our hearts. You want to produce life in the world around us through the dreams that you've given to us. I pray, Father, that you would awaken those dreams. Rekindle those fires. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of the, the thoughts of fear or negativity and doubt. Allow us to see clearly as you see. To see freely as no longer slaves to fear. That we would sense your heart your joy, your faith, your excitement about what you want to do in us and through us. I pray that this message would go deep into the heart of each person that's here and each person that's listening. That we would not ignore what you're doing. We would not ignore it and push it back, but that we would be good soil that the seeds of your words to us would grow. So, Father, we, we trust you. We trust you. many times we have looked at the thing that God has given to us and we've we've recognized the fact that we have done nothing with it and we felt shame and we felt inadequacy and what's the use now 
but he wants to walk with you into the future. He's taking you by the hand. He's walking to where, either it's if it's into the future where you threw it or if it's in a box where you stuffed it, he's walking over there with you. You're not alone. He will take you by the hand. He will take you. As a father with his, with his child, he will take you and help you. He does not shame you. He never looks negatively at you. He looks at what you can become. Always. Always. Go with him. Walk with him. Envision yourself walking with him to the place where you put it. Feel no shame. Feel joy. Feel peace. Feel excitement. He is so excited. Picture yourself reaching in there and pulling it out and look him in the face. Look at him. See the joy. See the joy. And now take it and plant it in the, into the soil of your heart. Receive it. Say, Lord, I receive this and I trust you. Thank you for not condemning me. Thank you for not shaming me. Thank you that you always forget those things which are behind and you press forward to those things which are ahead. Let him lead you. He's good. He's so good. He is always, always with you. something that the Lord wants to share. for it 
Lord is telling you, take of your provision, give to them, sow into them, mentor them, encourage them. You always have something to offer, always, always. Never are you without purpose, are you without reason. God has something for you to sow into other people as well. Allow him to lead you in that. Because you can join your vision with someone else's. You can cultivate it with them. You can water it. You can encourage them. Maybe this was the joining of the candles that I was seeing earlier. Allow the Lord, the Lord to minister to you right now and speak to you. Do you smell it? It's the smell of soil. I love the smell of good dirt. I really do. It's being cultivated. It's, the weeds are being pulled out. The seeds are being planted. Life is beginning. Life in the seeds. had to work in his heart and cultivate the soil stir around in there and he felt hard packed and and unable to even receive a, a seed it wasn't good conditions the seed didn't have a chance that's what it felt like for his heart and so the lord's been tilling the soil and tilling it and adding water to it and adding nutrients to it for a while now for a few years been the Lord's been cultivating the soil of his heart. So if that's you, let him do it. It feels like he's digging around in there, and he is. But he's good. He's adding life to it. He's adding nutrients to it. If you can imagine a, a, a bucket of hard-packed silt, you wouldn't be able to hit through it with a chisel. But you start adding water to it and you start scratching that surface and scratching that surface and scratching that surface and adding more water and more nutrients and a little bull country in there. 
and it starts to add nutrients and life and you can start to move your fingers through it you get to where you can you can dig your hand all the way down into the bottom of that bucket and pull and just filter that soil up through your fingers it's ready for seed so wherever you are let the Lord work in your heart don't feel condemned if your heart is hard packed don't he doesn't just let him work let him work he's cultivating it he's stirring because there is a work he wants to do in every single one of you thank you for these words this is amazing this is the Lord this is him speaking to us okay So there's just ministry that's going to keep happening up here. And I'd just like to tell you all, you're, you're welcome to leave. You're dismissed. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for staying a little longer. And uh, if you want to just sit and let the, let the Lord minister to you, stay as long as you want to. But if you need to leave, feel totally okay with leaving. We're not going to have this closing prayer. And okay, everybody end up and go. It's... Service is officially over. God bless you all. Thank you so much.